So the fall has arrived. And I was wondering, I mean, we, we haven't normally called this Sunday Rally Sunday. We've called it Kickoff Sunday normally. I don't know if, like, there's somebody with some football addiction around or something, but, okay, there's somebody with a football addiction, and it's Kickoff Sunday. Yay. <laughs> Change that for second service. Great. But as the fall has started and we're wrapping up summer, it's got me reflecting on kind of two main questions. In my life, in our life of ministry here together, what are we building or what are we seeing tore down? In your life, in the life of your family and friends, what, what do you see that's being built and what do you see that's being tore down? Yesterday, really hard anniversary, nine years ago, 9-11, we saw not just buildings tore down, but we saw uh, just the sense of security that we've had as a country tore down. And then in stops and starts, we've seen some rebuilding. And then somebody's going to burn Korans. And that feels a lot like being tore down, doesn't it? My gosh. And saying in the name of Jesus, oh my gosh. All these feelings about just reflecting on what an impact on our country this experience in these years have been. It was this summer that Katie actually saw pictures of the Twin Towers going down, and she talked to Lisa about that. What's that all about? Lisa kind of explained what happened, and then the, the war subsequently. And Katie drew this picture, and it's a, a letter to uh, soldiers. So the picture on the left is a smiling world and everybody holding hands. It says, Dear soldiers, hello, my name is Katie, and I want no more wars more than anything. But I made a drawing for you anyway. It's about this world in peace. I hope you stop fighting soon. Your friend Katie. P.S. If someone's hurt, tell them, get well for me soon. You know what I love? Not just because she's my daughter, but what I love about kids is that kids have hope. Kids have hope that something beautiful and good can be built even when everything around them looked different. Kids have hope. I was reading a book recently by uh, Mike Iaconelli called Dangerous Wonder, and he says the sad thing about us growing up into adulthood is that somehow that gets beat out of us, and we lose the dangerous wonder, the amazement that God can build good and beautiful things in spite of what it looks like on the outside. I think that this is true in the challenge of Jesus and how he looked at children that surrounded him. Listen to this from Mark chapter 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then this is actually my favorite part. Because he just didn't do words. And he took the little children in his arms. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. He took the little children in his arms. He put his hands on them and he blessed them. It's his reminder. It's his challenge for all of us that it's in a childlike faith that we can truly believe that God can be building something good and beautiful even when it doesn't look like it from the outside. That God is not through with us yet. Because the truth is, you and I, each one of us, we're under construction. We are under construction when it comes to our faith. We're never going to arrive. But God.
God's not done with us yet. And today, as we reflect on this fact of faith, I hope that you're challenged, that you're encouraged to open up and give yourself just the grace of God that he's extending, Let you that you'd receive and be open to receive and say, you know, God, I believe and know you're not done with me yet and you've got something good in store, something good and beautiful that you're building for me. And specifically today, I want to talk about how that relates to our ministry to our kids here as well. Would you please pray with me? Father, a couple weeks ago in church council, we reflected on the phrase, process the process of becoming. Reflect and think about the fact that you are building in us and through us things that maybe we can't see yet. Seeds are being planted, foundations being laid, stuff's going to grow, stuff's being built up. Help us trust that fact and know that we're all in the same boat, whether we're a little kid or whether we've been on this journey a long, long time. Help us trust that fact and be open and aware that you're still working and that you have good things in store. Father, now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, is it okay if I talk about kid ministry with you for a little bit? I would love to. You can say yes. yes. Good job at faking that. Okay. Because it has been a tremendous summer. It, you know, only in reflection can I look back and say, my gosh, so much is going on this summer, and I, I know we need to celebrate it. And we need to say, in and through it, God's been building things. So as I've looked back on, on the busyness and the craziness, but the beauty of it all, I just got to tell you, God has been doing some good things. We sent a team of four college-age kids to San Francisco for a six-week mission called the Totally Sick Project, and 13 adults went down over the course of those weeks to help them. Awesome stuff. We took uh, 14 kids to Lake Shasta for our ninth houseboat trip, I believe. Amazing stuff. God doing in the lives of these kids, they worship Him. They're just amazed that when you really open up to God, He's going to show up. We had this place just packed and rowdy with children for VBS when we did our high seas expedition. Such a blast. And you couldn't walk those doors without feeling the joy. People who were there, you know what I'm talking about, right? It was awesome. We took over a dozen kids down to Camp Lutherwood for high adventure camp, and we strung them up in trees and told them to trust God or we wouldn't let them down. <laughs> and it worked. And then later in July, we took a, a team of a dozen high schoolers down to San Francisco to finish up our mission trip there with YWAM. And the following week, we had about a dozen uh, children here for our first craft camp. So amazing. And then we took some crew kids up to Wild Waves just to help them connect and get excited for this coming season. And I, as I was reflecting on just the list of names coming through these doors, you know what? God has a special purpose. He's building something in each of their lives, and he's using this place as an open door to encourage that construction. And he's using many of you to be some of the hands and feet working on those construction projects, on those people that he loves and cherishes. And an exciting thing I just want to say is thanks. Thank you, Christ Church, for the ways that you are sold out for kids in this place. So your prayer, your support, your showing up to make it happen. One exciting thing that is relatively new here is we've had some space released from our previous renter that we're going to experiment with and as a church discern how can we use this 
for, for ministry. And we're going to test drive some, some youth activities in the mezzanine above our student area. It's just exciting, but there's just a sense that, ah, but it's still all under construction. It's a little bit messy. What's God doing in it? Well, I want to tell you, God is doing good and beautiful things, and I want to trust it and believe his promises. So if you were to ask me, tell me a little bit about youth ministry. Tell me a little bit about what you want to do in the ministry with kids here at Christ Church. Why do you do what you do the way you do it? I would be delighted to sit down on that at that coffee table and share about seven minutes and scribble it all over napkins and say, let me tell you, tell you why we do what we do and what's foundational to why we do it and how we try to connect the dots. So I'm going to do that all with you in this big coffee table today, okay? And it will be a lot more legible than if I were writing on a napkin. If you've ever seen my handwriting, you know what I'm talking about. So let me look initially at this, this passage from Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you might want to flip it open because if this passage is not underlined in your Bible, get better pens because it should. It should be underlined. Go get a tattoo. No, I'm just kidding. Don't get a tattoo. Someone finally is like, I can tell my dad I get a tattoo. No, don't get a tattoo. But this is the kind of stuff that you want to be memorizing. You want to have written down. So just check this out. This is from Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How many of you heard this passage before? You, you know it. You're familiar, right? My gosh, this is, this is the crux of it all. When it comes to our relationship with God, with the fact that we are separate and broken and in need of healing, salvation, healing comes in this way, total gift. Grace by Jesus going on the cross and saying, hey, this gift is for you. You can't work hard enough for it, be good enough for it, be pretty enough for it, be smart enough for it. It's all gift. And so come and receive that gift. That is the good news in a nutshell, my friends. Is it not? Is it not? Hopefully we would get excited about that. Is it not? Thank you. That's awesome. I know it's early. Hang in there with me. But it's not on a work-based thing that I can do it myself. It's all in the work that Jesus did for us. And so we can't boast. But then what's he say about us? If it's all a gift and it's all grace, then guess what? You are God's workmanship. Me. I'm God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. You are his opus. That's what we call our high school group. It means creative work. You are his opus. If you've received his gift, then you are his, his workmanship. He's going to be creating and building up in you. You're under construction for a purpose, for a good purpose, because he's prepared good works for us to go out in the world and live like Jesus and bless people with the love that God has given us. The gospel in a nutshell. And this is foundational for what we in student ministry, we in, in children's ministry over the last several years have been asking the kind of questions saying, so how do we build a philosophy that encourages it, that inspires it? And so here I'm going to give it to you. Are you, are you ready? Would that be all right? This, these are the words around capturing that foundation. And this is our, our ministry vision to kids and our mission. So our ministry vision is this. And, and this is actually a picture my brother drew of Jesus and little children. But the the vision statement, we, what we want to see is kids growing closer to Jesus. Each and every day, we want to see as an, a product of our ministry being effective, kids growing closer to Jesus and embracing that gift of grace and growing in it and knowing 
that God has got good works in store for them. That's what we want to see happen. And our student and our children's ministry vision for ministry then is to safely meet every kid where they're at and help them take the next step in Christian faith by partnering with parents to send faithful kids out in the world. So four, four sex, sections. And I, I just want to talk a little bit, a little bit, and then I'm actually going to have a guest speaker share about how that approach has inspired and encouraged him to seek out God's calling. So number one, the number one part of our mission to, to safely meet every kid where they're at on Christian faith. It's that word again, grace. That God loves you right where you're at. He'll never love you any more or any less. God loves and accepts you right where we're at. Christ Church has knit in its DNA those words, come just as you are. We want to be a welcoming community to meet everyone right where they're at. One tool we've used in youth ministry is called the swirl. And so it's a, a tool that we use to have children, students, ask themselves, where am I at on this journey of faith? Because we're all on a journey somewhere. And there are kind of five audiences we have them kind of think about, where do I fit in, in this journey? So we have community people who would say, oh, my commitment of faith is, uh, I'm not even interested. I'm out there in the community somewhere. Maybe someday I'll walk in the walls of a church, but I'm not committed to that right now. And then next, as you go clockwise, there are crowd people. And those are folks like the crowds who came to listen to Jesus. They're showing up and they're checking out faith. They're wondering, gosh, is there something to this thing? You know, they might come to a youth event with a friend. They might come to a worship service. They might come to an outreach event. And they're just kind of checking out this Jesus thing. Is this, is this church, is there something real about that? And next, you keep going clockwise, and there are connected people. People ultimately make, make connections. Go ahead and go back, actually, Bill. We're not there yet. Sorry. Keep going back. So there are connected people. There are people who make relational connections with each other and then ultimately maybe feel like a connection is happening in, in the church. And then they actually feel like they're making a connection with their relationship with Jesus, that saving acceptance of grace. And then as those people go, then they, with the next folks we call committed people. People are growing in a commitment they've made to Jesus. And then the fifth audience are the core people who would, we'd say and hope that inspired that they're living out their, their commitment to Jesus by serving others, by reaching out in faith. And so we just tell students, God loves you wherever you're at on this journey, but think about where am I? How can I say, gosh, this is kind of where I'm at on my journey right now, and I know God loves me right there. But then that leads us to the second part of our mission statement. We want to safely meet kids where they're at on their journey and then help them take the next step of Christian faith. And so what we, we tell them to think about is, well, hey, wherever you're at on your journey, that's great, but there's a next step. And so when we look at the swirl again, we, we ask our students, we challenge our students to reach out to their community friends and bring them to reach events. And so when they come from Liberty or from Banks Junior High School or whatever else, and they come in the door and they come to an all-nighter, then they become a crowd person. Go ahead and hit the next one, Bill. And so then as they're, they're checking out this faith, they're getting to build relationships, maybe they're saying, is there something to that? Then we intentionally try to build opportunities for them to connect so they can become a connected person, especially in our share small groups. And especially through experiences and challenges where we say, make a connection to Jesus. We're not a country club. We're not a youth club. This is about Jesus. And as they grow in those connections, and we say, hey, grow in that and become committed. Find ways you can deepen your faith. And then from there, as you become move beyond being committed, become a core student. Lead and serve your, your peers. Reach out to those in the community who don't know about God's love. 
so interesting. I was talking with students about this one time, and I asked uh, some students to say, where are you at on this, this whole swirl thing? And I had two senior girls who'd been around a lot, and they just said, hey, we're core people. We're core kids. And I said, oh, that is awesome. Can I treat you like a core kid? And they said, no. <laughs> What's that tell you? They, they were around a lot, but they knew that there's different expectations of actually doing the good works that God has prepared for us in advance, of letting that light shine and being the core kid that they could have been. So please understand, we ask kids just to reflect and, and challenge them. We have a next step. And I hope for you, as you look at this and remember it's all about grace, that somewhere in this journey, that's where you might find yourself. And then ask yourself, what's the next step there is, is there for me to take? Because all our programs, all our relationships, all our, our events and activities should be built around helping that next step happen. Helping that next step happen. The third part of our mission is by partnering with families. A couple of years ago, we, our family ministry kind of got a, a really great oomph and we got a team together and we started talking about what is family ministry. And I want to highlight some of the language that we've got around that. And we've been, we've been take, understanding we're still under construction in that regard, but taking some steps to clarify what family ministry around Christ Church means. And there are four points to that as well, so we can put those up. So first of all, it's to create a partnership between the church and the families here that is inspiring and supporting and resourcing their parents to be the primary faith developer of their kids, to give them resources to say, we're only part of the puzzle of your kids being raised in faith. Here, families, do your part at home. Secondly, it's a description of all our age Specific programs for children, students, and their parents. It's just that umbrella. Family ministry are all those programs underneath that. Third, you, this will sound familiar. It's accomplished by safely meeting every person where they're at and helping them take the next step in Christian faith. That's our mission. And then lastly, that to be, we want to be committed to connecting people across all age groups and acting as family to all who need a spiritual safety net. And many of you are doing that and have done that. You said, I'll be an anchor to a kid going off to college. I'll pray for them, encourage them, send emails. I'll help out at the, the Reach the Beach event and play with little kids or do events, support those kind of things. It's just awesome to see how we're being family to each other, and that's what God would want us to be as we're under construction, to be family to one another. I don't know if you caught this. Who was at the beach for our worship down there? Sally did such a beautiful job in baptizing solstice. You remember that? It was amazing. And she actually had a little bit more in the language of our response. You know, when we baptize a child, we normally say, do you, the congregation, commit to pray for this child and their family as they raise them in Christian faith? And as you are able to commit time, energy to support that child's faith, do you guys know what I'm talking about? And normally when we do it in this setting, we probably just say, we do with the help of God. But we really think about, we've made a commitment to that child and that family. And I love how Sally expanded and said, this is a big deal commitment, not to just this child, but to all the children of our faith. We are family together. We are family together to step up and be that spiritual safety net. So not only is our mission to safely meet every kid where they're at and help them take the next step in Christian faith by partnering with families, but lastly, it's for this purpose. It's for this end to send faithful kids out in the world. If we're, if we're under construction and we're helping, I mean, parenting we know is not fun. Helping our kids grow up we know is not fun, even in the church. 
But when a kid graduates from our program, if I can say, man, they've heard the gospel clearly proclaimed. They've been challenged to follow Jesus specifically. They've been told and inspired in the fact that they have gifts to go out and serve the world. They've, They've been challenged to say, you have to be part of a Christian community to see this really work out. Then go for it, my friends. Go for it. And then that's when the proof is in the pudding. If our our time together actually sends faithful kids out in the world, and my gosh, you know, life is messy, and sometimes the seeds don't sprout like we'd hope. But it's so great to say, man, Tad Baker, all summer serving at Lake Shasta as a leader. Ashley Naram, all summer serving as a camp counselor back in Iowa. I'm totally sick, young people. We have two friends, young people who did ministry here, Ben Nevels and Jen Shaw, who are in seminary to become uh, ministry, both pastors and teachers at seminaries. God is helping build up people in this community. I just want to say thank you, Christchurch, for being part of that and helping this come about. Because this is just not Chris's deal, guys. It's just not about me and a small group of adults. This is about a church being sold out for kids. And so a, a friend I want to invite up right now is Kyle Gustafson. And Kyle is actually one of these young people that's uh, faithfully being sent out into the world. Kyle, if you uh, don't know, he served this summer with the Totally Sick team down there for six weeks in San Francisco. And then uh, he's going to be going back on Tuesday, you're flying down? Uh, yes, Tuesday. To San Francisco uh, for a discipleship training school. It's a six-month program with YWAM where we'll be spending four months, well, three months in the city doing schooling and a month of ministry in the city, then two months of ministry overseas mm-hmm. to build him up ultimately for mission work. Robbie Rittenhouse went about three years ago in the same program. And I've just asked Kyle to talk a little bit about um, what it was like to be grow, to grow up in our ministry the last couple of years and be encouraged to, to, to deepen his relationship with Jesus, what it meant for him to go and follow the call to be part of the sick team in San Francisco and then ultimately, what's it mean for him to follow the call to go in this discipleship training school and how we can pray for him? So, my brother. Good morning. All right. So, um, uh, not a lot of you, I don't know a whole lot of you very well in here. Um, but one thing about me, um, I was actually involved in youth group a lot up until about eighth grade. Um, eighth grade at my old church is right around uh, the time where our youth pastor left and our youth group started to really crumble. So all through high school, I didn't really have that that foundation, that structure, that community wow. that was um, supporting me in my faith. Um, I didn't really find that again until I ran into Christchurch um, somewhere after I graduated. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I came here a couple times during high school, but... They didn't actually like hook me in and pull me in until I graduated. Um, because of that, it kind of saved where I was going. Um, in high school, I got in some really bad things. Um, it was a road that I knew I didn't want to go down. And it's a road that every parent hopes their child's not going to go down. And without Christchurch helping me there... Um, I probably would have gone down that road, um, head over heels. And, uh, Chris had a big part of dragging me in too. Cause once you start coming here and once you start getting involved, he will not let you go. (laughs) 
he torments you until you come back over and over and over again. Um, which is great. I mean, if we didn't have people like that, uh, you know, pushing our kids and, and being so involved with the youth, um, then a lot of people like myself, um, would have never got back into my faith. Um, a lot of about why I'm going back down to San Francisco is about being connected. Um, for so long, um, I would go around doing everything, feeling like I was only putting like 60% of myself into it, um, even with college, um, stuff like that. But it was where, when I actually got a chance to work with youth or um, do mission work, that was the only time I really felt like I could throw 100% of myself into it and really enjoy it too. Um, I worked with uh, the crew kids a little bit. That was always awesome. And then uh, this summer when I got to go down to San Francisco for the Totally Sick, uh, serving inner city kids, um, it was the first time in a while that I had felt 100% connected to my faith and uh, my uh, community of friends down there. Um, And that's a big reason why I'm going back is the connection, to keep that connection alive and thriving inside of me. It's something that you need to chase. Um, you always got to go out there looking for uh, the next thing that's going to uh, keep you building up your faith. I mean, construction in you know today's world always ends eventually, but uh, the truth about construction with our faith is it's always under construction. You're always building. Um, you get tore down, and you get to build yourself back up again, bigger and better. Um so that's where I'm at, and that's where, why I'm going down to San Francisco this time is, um, you know, I, I reached that level, and I'm, I'm not gonna rest at that plateau. I want to keep going and going and going, and finding out where God's supposed to put me in this world. So, that's why I am going down to San Francisco. So if you join me, I'd love to pray for our brother and for our other young friends who are making their faith real as, as they go out in the world. Father, I'm so grateful for Kyle, for his um, passion to pursue you. And Lord, I know that right now it's calling him down to San Francisco, and he's going with openness, uh, awareness that there's still building going on in him and, and lots of room to grow like all of us, but with just great anticipation and excitement. Lord. Uh, bring him to our hearts quickly and often that we could uh, lift him up in his prayers, uh, for our prayers. As it'll be quite a challenge as he continues to grow. But Lord, we look forward to the good reports from he and, and others who are out in the world making a difference for you, being our missionaries. And Lord, may it inspire each of us to have eyes to see the ways that we can do that in our own lives. Thank you so much for our brother. And we pray and trust and know that good things are in store for him, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, bud. And actually, Kyle will be around. If you'd like to find out any more information about his discipleship training school or ways that you can stay plugged in for support and encouragement, you can track him down. He'll be wearing a twins hat normally, but but that's him now. Thanks for taking your hat off. Your hair looks nice. Love you, bro. Let me close just with this promise and a story. This promise comes from uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians right at the beginning because I think we got to grab onto this with confidence because it's true about being under construction. 
Paul writes, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then catch this, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. My friends, God who began a good work in you, God who began a good work in you and you and you and Kyle and me and all of us, he will carry it on to completion. We're under construction. He's not through with us yet. And that's a good, good promise. A closing story. You maybe have heard it before. Uh, it was in the Middle Ages, and an architect was coming along on a work site, and he walked up to one guy, he chiseling away at this big, 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 big brick, and he said, hey, well, what are you doing there, guy? He said, well, I'm building this brick. I'm working on this brick. Okay. Walked up to the next person. It was He was preparing something in the ditch and getting ready for something. Well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm working for a living. I'm just working for a living. Head up to this third person, and this person was kind of actually cleaning up and sweeping around this site. And he said, well, excuse me, what are you doing? And this third person said, I am building a cathedral. And that was the site of a cathedral of the Middle Ages that was being built. But that person's perspective made all the difference. We're under construction. God is building good works in us. And especially for our young people, my gosh, it's messy and clumsy at times. But thank you, Christ Church, for being in prayer and support of us as we together love on them and with the love of Christ continue to be sold out for kids. Would you please pray with me? Father, thanks for uh, your goodness and your good promises that what you began in us, you can continue and carry on to completion. Lord, help us receive your grace as we get frustrated about being under construction in our own lives. In this, in our church in transition, Lord, help us give ourselves grace to receive your grace to know that you are not far and that your hands that are molding us and building us up can be trusted. We love you so much and pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.